Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom DeAngelis, and Tom Fertile. Welcome, one and all. Thanks, Thanks David. David. Good to be here. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 60 through 69. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us to see what He wants us to see today? Absolutely. And we're going to be praying from the Stewardship of Prayer prayer book. So if you'd like copies of that, just let us know. And uh, there's a prayer in there called the prayer of abandonment. And uh, the gospel that we're going to hear in a moment, uh, we're going to hear Jesus's followers say, this is a hard saying. This saying is hard. And in our lives, uh, when that happens, we just have to totally, we just have to surrender, right? And uh, and just abandon everything to our Lord. So let's, let's pray in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Holy Spirit, we thank you for the gift of your love, and we invite you into, we invite you into our conversation, Lord. Animate uh, everything about this uh, time together. Please be with all those listening. Prepare all of our hearts to receive the message that you want to give us, and help us to surrender as we pray. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart, for I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence, for you are my Father. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Share a reading from the Gospel of John. Many of Jesus' disciples who were listening said, This saying is hard. Who can accept it? Since Jesus knew that his disciples were murmuring about this, he said to them, Does this shock you? What if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life, while the flesh is of no avail. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Jesus knew from the beginning the ones who would not believe and the one who would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by my Father. As a result of this, many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. Jesus then said to the twelve, Do you also want to leave? Simon Peter answered him, Master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Listening and hearing, because we can listen to a lot of words said by a lot of people, but when we truly hear those words, it's a call to action. It's a call to be obedient. And so for me, 
I challenge myself as I'm challenging each and every one of our listeners. This saying is hard. What words of Jesus in the four Gospels are hard for you to believe, are hard for you to accept, are hard for you to live out in your everyday life? Because we're called just as Jesus to enflesh the Word of God, to be the Bible that people read through our every action, our every word. So when we enflesh that Word, we become the epistle, the living epistle that's out there. Jesus, just as Jesus was a Word made flesh, so too are we. So for me, what saying is hard to believe? What saying, what challenge is hard for me to follow? Where do I need God's help? Because I can't do it on my own. And there, uh, there certainly is a lot of murmuring out there uh, that would distract us and, and bring us down. And, and maybe sometimes, you know, ourselves, we we're guilty of the murmuring. Um, and I think, I think David, you know, when it comes to particular teachings, especially in our moral life, there can be a lot of murmuring. Oh, God doesn't really mean that. Or does he really care about this? Or, you know, why does the church teach that? And, and we get into that murmuring rather than having those hearts uh, and the ears, as you said, to listen and let, let the teaching penetrate, um, look, look for the wisdom behind what's being said, as opposed to the initial reaction and murmur. Well, that's ridiculous. Or, I don't understand that. You know, right. If you don't understand it, the answer is not to murmur, right? The answer is to seek and to search and to plumb the depths uh, and to understand, you know, what the Lord is saying. What is this teaching? What is the value of this for my life? And not simply murmur and, and cut things down, which is so easy to do. Yeah, I think it's too, Tom, to that point. Um, I, I think too often that we we do respond that way to um, perplexities or to mysteries that we run into, and I think this is one of those those types of things um, where his disciples have been with him for a while now. I mean, this is this is later in the gospel, and when something comes out of a person's mouth who is generally trustworthy the first thing you you do is say well i trust the person so maybe i misunderstood them you know and really i think about that often in terms of even our you know our first parents the sin you know that they didn't kind of get what god was after with don't you know don't partake of the fruit but but it's like well I really think that this would be a better thing, you know, based on the temptation. It, it might be better if I took the fruit and did what I'm not supposed to do, but it really would be much better if I would trust the person who told the person who told me initially, who created me and put me here. Um, so I think it, it comes down to that. And again, when you hear a hard saying like this from somebody like Jesus, and you ever feel like, you know. Gee, I don't really know what to do with that, and we just and we do that with doctrine too. I remember for years, I you know I I wasn't sure about contraception when I was you know I was coming out of the Woodstock generation in the early seventies, and you know and I was teaching at Catholic school, and I thought you know what I really need to just take a stand on this. So, but you live it long enough, and you live into a truth of the answer. So it's really kind of what Saint Anselm said: we don't we don't. Um, try to figure things out so that we can believe hmm. we believe first and then God shows us what it means how, how you know then God helps us figure it out and I think that's the way it is with the bread of life discourse because this is all these are hard sayings but sooner or later you come to what Jesus is really saying say this is what he meant oh okay well now it makes sense you know after the last supper now it starts to come into view right 
Well, and you know, and you you said it best because this is the the bread of life discourse, and you know, and Jesus says, you know, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. Yeah. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no, no life in you. And the the bread that I will give you is my flesh for the life of the world. So four times he tells us we have to not only eat but chew and gnaw on his flesh. And you're like, man, I don't want to yeah. be a cannibal, yeah. you know. But it the words are right here. It says it's the spirit that gives life, while the flesh is of no avail. That flesh. Jesus is speaking of is our human understanding. We can't figure it out. I am not God. Do I know that God, who is omnipresent, can absolutely put his very self into the bread that's consecrated by the priest, body, blood, soul, and divinity? Absolutely. He's God. So then it's a matter of faith. Do I believe the words which Jesus says right here have life, that the words that Jesus spoke our truth in life, do I have that faith? And I'm willing, am I willing to not try and reason it, figure it out, understand it, but just accept it in faith that Jesus spoke the words and that it's true. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us that revelation of truth. When we have that faith in Jesus' words, they give us life. So for me as a Catholic, you betcha, do I believe that that host becomes, just as it did for Jesus, the night of the Last Supper, his body, blood, soul, and divinity? Absolutely. Now with that belief, I better live it out. Why do I want to go to Mass every day? Because I want to experience Jesus in the Word. In the flesh, in the Eucharist, I want to experience him. I don't make it every day. And the days I don't make it, oh, man, I feel like I didn't eat that day. There's this spiritual hunger, this disconnect. But like when I do go, oh, my goodness, like every day builds on itself. Every day builds on the next day. So it's like it creates in us this hunger and thirst to experience Jesus, not just personally, but an ever-deepening intimacy with him in and through his word and the Eucharist. It's interesting, Dave, you, you mentioned the word and the Eucharist. I was just talking to a guy uh, who said that going to daily mass is the, is the way that he, um, that his life was turned around because he finally got into scripture. He said, he's, he's tried to just open the Bible and read the Bible on his own and it just never worked. It just never, he was never able to get into the habit. But once he started going to daily mass, he's like, I mean, there's so much scripture here that that discipline, that little investment of, of 30 minutes allowed him to um, just his heart just to come alive for, for God's word. So it's, uh, it's not an either or, it's both ends. So when we go to, mm-hmm. when we go to mass, uh, you know, we're, we're receiving his body, blood, soul, and divinity sacramentally in the Eucharist. For those who can't receive, you can offer up, you can pray a spiritual communion. And we get, we get Jesus in the Word. Yeah, and what's really key for all of us here that are Catholic, that truly, that God the Father has opened up to the reality of Jesus' promise that the bread that I will give, future tense, is my flesh for the life of the world. When we've been opened up to that, we also need to receive that in all humility because our separated brothers and sisters due to the schism in the church, you know, in around the 1500s, you know, that have this incredible relationship with Jesus Christ. They are baptized, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so they're part of the one body of Christ, but don't know this understanding in their hearts We need to have compassion. We need to have humility. Because right here is what it says. For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. 
This is in God's hand. If God chooses to bring all the body of Christ, the other Christian denominations, back to the truth, the truth of Jesus' words, that's the Father's choice. But until such a time as this, there are brothers and sisters. And you know what? Their understanding of their communion respected. That's their understanding. They're not where we're at. Pray for them. Pray for the Father to open their eyes to that truth, that they do come back to Holy Mother Church, but then let go and let God. Let go and let God. We are not God. So the enemy wants to get in there and say, oh, see, you know the truth. Oh, you got the truth. They don't. Oh, tell them they're wrong and you're right. Ah. Share with love and humility your biblical truth of your belief in every word that Jesus spoke and show it to him in the Bible and then let God do the work. He's the one that grows the faith. He's the one that draws them to himself in and through and with Jesus Christ. It, that's such an important point, David, because it can, it, can, it can very easily get into, you know, any theological discussion, get into, well, well, who's right, you know, or who, you know, who, and, and it's not, it's not that someone once gave me a great explanation because I was working with young people, and and the key term that we use about the fullness of the faith, I think, is so critical, um, is that, you know, if you take any individual who walks the face of the earth who has some faith perspective, they have some element of truth. If I believe in a higher power but don't know that that's God the Father, I still have some bit of truth. And then you, and then, and then there's like a continuum of, of, of faith as you move along. So it's not about right or wrong or that religion right or wrong. It's about, like you said, the, the fullness of the, of the faith. So uh, you, you might be missing a piece of it. So if you, if you, if you understand you know, the Father but are missing the Son, it's not that you're wrong. It's that you're missing the next depth. You're missing the missing the next you know evolution, uh, the next journey, the next step of the journey, and so and so same thing with this with the passage on the Eucharist. If 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 you're with a community that does not believe fully in the Eucharist, you still have the idea of communion, of 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 togetherness, of the of the representation. You're just missing the piece. So it's not about right or wrong. It's about the journey, and and the journey is not easy. When else do we see people in Scripture walking away from Jesus? Right, <laughs> the crucifixion. You know, I mean, if 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 he's not being serious and literal about this, well, there's there'll be no murmuring. They're murmuring because of they're taking this, uh, the, his words as as what he means. The disciples who followed him, and David, you said that earlier. I mean, they were followers, and yet they turned away. And I think for me, not just with the Eucharist, but again, going back to what you said, Tom, about any teaching, I think the words of Peter here could be applied to so many areas of our life. You know, I always pictured, you know, the, the, the Jews are murmuring, and the and the and the disciples are walking away, and the apostles are sitting back there, like looking at one another, like. You know, what's Jesus up to now with this teaching? He might and, have crossed that, the that's line. Right. Yeah. And then he turns to them, you know, what about you? And I always imagine, like, Peter, like, who who pushes Peter out, like, you know, a step forward to, you know, will you answer, Peter? Peter doesn't say, oh, Lord, we get it, you know, through the through the mystery of transubstantiation, we have both. <laughs> he, he, he says... Like you said, Tom, we believe you're you. We've seen yeah. you. You've you've fed the five thousand. You calmed the storms. You walked in the. If you say we are going to receive your body and blood, you know what? We're we're in. And and what an awesome statement for all areas yeah. of our faith. Any teaching that's difficult, Lord, I believe somehow this works. Somehow you're going to make it work. Sometimes your somehow your way your better your way is better than my way. I'll be like Peter. Where else am I going to go? I believe you are who you are, and I'm all in. And I'll tell you what really else jumped out of me, Tom, is Jesus knew that his disciples were murmuring about this. I want to bring that forward to today. 
I think there's a whole lot of Catholics, especially in the state of Pennsylvania, doing a lot of murmuring right now. When you take the side of the enemy and you start murmuring and saying ill things and going in negative directions, you've taken the bait of the enemy. You're in his camp. Did men in the church fall? Absolutely. Has the enemy of the church attacked so many of our leaders? You betcha. Were those leaders wrong in what they did? You betcha. Was the church wrong in not exposing them? Absolutely. Did we learn from it? I believe we did. I believe we did. What is our role as the Catholic laity? To pray for the victims, pray for the church members, pray for those who were the perpetrators, and not stop murmuring. Stop it. The church has been attacked for 2,000 years. It's not going to end. In the most demonic ways it's been attacked, it's going to continue to be attacked. What is our role as the laity? To walk away, not give donations, say, I'm not giving her. Stop. Stop. This is Holy Mother Church. This is Christ Church founded right here on Peter. We know through God's promise the gates of hell will never prevail against her. But we also know in Revelations 12 that the dragon is out to take it down. It's out to destroy it. If you want to learn about this reality, go back to Pope Leo XIII. Go back to what he overheard Satan and God in the 1800s, late 1800s. Go back and learn that's the foundation of the St. Michael to the Archangel prayer. Go back to learn and then understand what is your role today as a Catholic. To defend the priests of what they did? Absolutely not. To acknowledge that they are men. Jesus shows us here. He knew the one that was going to betray him. Jesus chose 12. What, you couldn't choose 12 perfect <laughs> yeah. ones? Because Jesus showed us in the church, we are going to have those in high power. They're human. They're going to fall. The enemy's looking to take them out. But when you join the bandwagon of the enemy, and I'll stop giving, I'll do this, I'll talk about this, I'll, I'll, I'll start murmuring about this everywhere. Guess what? You're in the enemy's camp. You're not helping Holy Mother Church. So for me, I mean, I got so convicted this week. It's like, stop, let's, let's all lock arms. You know what? We're in a war. We're in a spiritual warfare. And if you don't realize that, you need to wake up. Our priests need our prayers every day. Our bishop, oh my goodness, needs our prayers every day. I can't fathom what the man is going through, the pain he is suffering. Our pope needs our prayers every day. They don't need our murmuring. We don't need to defend the priests that fell. They fell. What they did was an atrocity. Pray for the victims, pray for their families, pray for healing, pray for the priests or the perpetrators, pray for this church today. Pray. Do your part. Do your role. But when you murmur, when you start talking about it, and yap, 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 you're in the enemy's camp. Don't misunderstand it. Yeah, I think I think the one thing that comes to me all the time is Jesus said, um, he who is not for me is against me. There's no neutral. People think they can stand in the middle and adjudicate this situation. And if you're not with him, then you're against him. The, the, the fact that somebody thinks they can be in a place of neutrality is part of the, is the way that you know Satan gets people to uh, see an, an, an unreality. You, know, it, you can't stand in the middle. There's no middle. You know, you're either if you're not in the camp, you're out of the camp. There's there's no neutral ground here in that in this war. The other thing that, that comes to mind fairly often is that 
you know, if the Catholic Church in this situation wouldn't be worth the trouble of Satan to go after, mm. you know, I mean, we've been attacked in an incredibly profound way when you think about it. Why? I mean, because we're worth it for him, <laughs> you know, because there's something here that he needs to take out. Yeah. And it's gone out in a, in a very, in a very, you know, basic evil way. Um, and the other thing is, and, and this is, I don't want to belabor this because I know a lot of people take offense at it, but it's such a small percentage of priests. The other thing we have to keep in mind as the laity, people say, well, the laity has to take a bigger role in the church. We need to become more holy. To your point, Dave, we need to pray. And some of these demons are only cast out, as Jesus says, by prayer and fasting. Mm -hmm. So are we fasting? Are we sacrificing? Do we do anything consciously in our life, in our week, in our week that that is something that we don't really want to do, but we offer it up. I'm not talking about those things that befall us. I'm talking about choosing something that you do, like fasting, like not eating for a day, you know, for 24 hours or for 18 hours or for 16 hours, enduring some pain and saying, Jesus, I offer this up for the sake of your church. I unite my suffering with your suffering on a cross because certainly he's suffering more now than he would have if those atrocities wouldn't have happened. But can't we bring our, our suffering along and unite it with his? Because that's what we're called to do. And people are talking about we need to take a bigger role in the church. That will come in time when the wisdom of the Holy Spirit gets into you know, a deeper level with us. But in the meantime, that spirit isn't going isn't gonna to enter into our community until we pray and fast deeply. And spend time in front of the Blessed Sacrament. I heard that this morning on EWTN. We need to spend more time in front of the Blessed yes. Sacrament praying for our priests. Amen. And, you and know, the, the, ga the gates won't prevail, but the evil one's not going to stop trying to nope. prevail. So, so that that's a guarantee. And, uh, and if you think of the, the story of Abraham negotiating with our Lord, right? over Sodom and Gomorrah, 50, 40, you know, he got him down to 10. Okay, Lord, if we find 10 righteous, will you spare the multitude? Yes, they couldn't find 10. But if you do the math, right, there's been archeologic digs in that area, 300,000 people are estimated to have lived in Sodom and Gomorrah. So the righteousness of 10 could have called, covered the multitude of sins of 300,000. Right. So each one, Tom, yeah. to your point, each one, what can we do? Each one, the righteousness of one could have covered the multitude of sins of 30,000. That's pretty amazing, right? So we always want to like look outside and say, what can I do? How can I, you know, what role do I need to take? Well, that might come. But while you're waiting for the Lord to open up, you know, yeah. the clarity upon, you know, as it relates to that, Work on our own holiness. Yeah. Pray, fast, rosary, adoration, mass. Right? Armor. Adoration, rosary, mass, obedience, reconciliation. Yeah. Right? Put on the armor. Work through God's grace on our own holiness, our own sacrifices for the salvation of souls, for the conversion of every single man, woman, and child. And and we'll hold on to that hope yeah. of that Sodom and Gomorrah story. Well, and to your point, Rob, I don't think it's ne I don't think it's necessarily something that we do to pass the time until the Holy Spirit decides when to come. I think it's a precondition for His coming, because Amen. if our hearts Amen. aren't aren't Thank open yep. and aren't by prayer and fasting, then when the Holy Spirit does come, Mark, you know, ready. where where will He go? You know, yeah, he, he doesn't have the openness in the hearts of the laity and the and the priests. I know priests are suffering by this. You know. Mm.
You know, I'm going to give you a little story of my own little murmuring that took place in a, in a church one time. Went into the church and I was sitting in the pew and I just started murmuring and complaining to God about the, the priest and his the way he just talked down to people and was kind of cynical. I said, I can't believe that, Lord. I said, I really, you know, I'm, I'm just letting the Father know just how I feel about this cynicism I experienced in this priest. And I heard the Father ask me a question. Let me ask you a question, Dave. When's the last time you prayed for him? I said, well, I, I don't. He said, then you play a role in that cynicism. Because when you murmur, you're with the enemy. Mm. When you complain, you're in his camp. But when you pray, I promise you I'll use it and I'll help that priest because he needs your prayer, not your complaining. Mm. And so when I look at what just happened here in the diocese in Pennsylvania, I can look in a mirror. I'm going to say, what's my role? Individually, what's my role? Well, I didn't do anything. I didn't. Excuse me? Did I pray for every one of the priests? Did I pray for the bishop daily? Did I fast? Well, I didn't have time. I've been too busy. I've been, I, I'm a guy. I go every Sunday. No, no, no. We're called to pray without ceasing. So this is not a condemnation on anyone. This is a look in the mirror for me to say, what didn't I do? And so what I've been challenged with by the Lord this past week is, what can I do now to help more of our faithful children experience a true Catholic education? So with Stewardship Mission of Faith, I know we're all about that. And we formed another 501c3 called the St. Patrick's Fund so that we can come alongside of these families that need just a little more help, that their children can get a true Catholic education. And then we're out educating the educators in high school about the beauty of their Catholic faith. So it's a matter of don't say what I'm not going to do because I'm with the enemy. Be, be empowered to do more. How can I do more, Lord? What do you want me to do more of? Fasting, prayer, you know, time and, time and adoration. What do you want me to do more? And if I can be so, uh, you know, throw in the ad right here at Tom DeAngelo, like last week. Uh, no, but beautifully said, David. And again, Stewardship Mission of Faith is, you know, very pleased to be able to provide those opportunities. Um, and coming up in September, our conference, Two Wonderful Days, um, talk about that spiritual warfare. Is there a better person to talk about the spiritual warfare than our keynote speaker, Monsignor John Essif, who has seen it as an exorcist for 40 years uh, and a priest for uh, for, for uh, 60-some years? Um, so come uh, in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania, September. September uh, uh, 19th and 20th, a, a great array of speakers, adoration, mass, reconciliation, perfect timing for all those things that we need. So what can we do? Yes, we can come and be healed. We can come and pray. We can come and adore and enter into that spiritual warfare. Absolutely. And get fueled up. Join the battle because it's real and it's waging. Mm -hmm. These speakers are all about family, fatherhood, motherhood, healing of wounds, being set free. Come and experience it in Elizabethtown at the Star Barn Village. Unbelievable. Experience God in His beauty, but also experience God in His renewal, His rebirth, His healing of your wounds. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups. 
or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.